What's up, everybody? Welcome to After Further Review, powered by Football Scout 365. And today's episode will feature a special guest, the director of Collectively Evolving out of Lafayette, Indiana, and a teacher at Lafayette Jefferson, Jeep Morehouse. How are you today? Outstanding. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be on here, um, just share the the awesomeness of pretty much seven on seven football in Indiana, um, and just give you kind of a, a an outlook of what we're trying to accomplish, not only in Lafayette, but just the CE organization in general, um, and just thankful to represent a, a great organization and collectively evolving. No, oh, that's awesome, man. I, I love that. I love, you know, we had a pre-show discussion a little bit, so I'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have today. So, okay. So to let everybody know a little bit, and he just dove into that somewhat there. Collectively Evolving Lafayette is an off-season football training program based in Indiana. They focus on seven-on-seven camp style training. You know, I asked Jeep to join me to discuss the Collectively Evolving camp, its mission, some of the training methods used, some of the athletes he has been able to see or work with in the world of seven-on-seven football and off-season training. And for the listeners who are unaware, this is an interview that I hope will kick off a series of different interviews with coaches, players, both current and former. In addition, I do want to point out that I personally built the Football Scout 365 brand years ago with the intention of reaching out to those who work in the football world. So when Jeep accepted my request to have a discussion, I was very excited for the opportunity. My personal goal has always been to enter into the coaching field myself at some point, but I needed to find a way to reacclimate myself to the game at a deeper level. So that's where the Football Scout 365 idea was born. It started with pen to paper. It evolved into me building a website, creating social media channels to reach out. Um, I began studying different ways to build my own brand so that it would be unique, and I wanted to build something that provided valuable insights to more than just coaches. I wanted to build something for the hardcore, even the mainstream fan who was looking for a different perspective, while also developing tools for football coaches. I currently, I'm developing a film evaluation tool. It's in the works as we speak. I plan to have it ready by June, and I honestly want to give it away for free to high school level coaches. I attended clinics a year ago, Glazer Clinics, if you're familiar with the Glazer style clinics. And I listened to the discussions about software and even heard the complaints about the software some coaches pay a ton of money for. And I thought to myself, I have an answer to some of these problems. And the question is, can I get the coaches to actually listen? So it all harkens back to brand building and notoriety. And that's the stage I've been for a while now. But today, this is the stage that I've always wanted to execute. I started doing some podcasts with three or four other guys a year ago, and it's more of a mainstream podcast, but it, it, it helped me gain some skills and learn how to do the podcasting. And so now I'm doing some individual stuff, and now I can bring a series such as this where I interview you know, coaches, players, or you know, guys like yourself who direct you know, seven-on-seven camps. I think this is an awesome way to build relationships and connect with those who are on the front lines of the industry. So, you know, as I had mentioned in the show opening and, and correct any of the information that I mentioned, if, if any of it is off in any way, I know this is our first discussion ever, right? So other outside of Twitter, by the way, which is where we connected, but you are an educator and, and you clearly have a passion to work with youth and develop their abilities, both academically as a teacher and athletically through Collectively Evolving. Can you give the listeners some insights on how you began the journey of becoming a teacher and what motivated you to pursue this particular career path? Right on. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to say thank you for the, the introduction and 
I, you know, the path that you're on and like your, your intention is pretty much identical to mine. And I think, um, you know, with more research and stuff that I'm doing on my own time, just like you are with great glacier clinics, I'm trying to figure out what we need to move forward and give kids opportunities. Um, and that was my intent to go into education is, you know, there's, there's something missing and, you know, whether that be, you know, in, in the academic realm or whether that be in the athletic realm, I think there's just something missing that kids really need. And so going in, I mean, 24 now, I just graduated um, college this past semester. And, you know, going in from being an 18-year-old playing varsity football and varsity baseball to going into, you know, your freshman year of college is pretty stressful time. And so during that time, actually, I lost one of my best friends. And two weeks going into college, you're thinking, all right, well, I just lost my best friend. I'm pretty much in exploratory studies at Purdue. I have no idea what I want to do with my future. And so I just pretty much started taking these classes that they gave you different personality tests. You know, what, what type of person are you? What, what do you want to do with your life moving forward and stuff like that? Questions that I really never pondered before. Um, and I just sat there and was like, you know, I, I love helping people. I want to help people and, and for them to be successful. And so that was kind of my segue into education. You know, before that, I had no idea, you know, that I wanted to lead people. I had no idea that the way that my brain works is geared more towards helping individuals and providing a path for them, you know, rather than just setting up my own path as be, you know, whether that be, you know, I always wanted to be an architect. I always wanted to be an astronaut. But some of those skills I just didn't develop in high school or didn't have interest going into college. So taking a step back, that's where pretty much it began, you know, my road to education in Purdue. Um, very, very grateful to have, you know, a beautiful campus in my backyard in West Lafayette and being able to go to that college. Um, I'm not sure everybody knows what where Purdue is, but, you know, just smack dab pretty much in the middle of Indiana, right in the middle of, you know, the Midwest. And, you know, that it just developed me not only as, you know, just, just a, an academic person, but a, just a raw person, a human being in general that was able to connect with other people. Um, and so I took the road of special education and, you know, I, I thought if I wanted to help people, I might as well help people that needed help the most. And so I went into the world of special education and it just taught me really how to be humble. Um, I think a lot of people go into college and they create expectations for themselves. They're trying to figure themselves out. And it's something that just comes through college. You know, it comes through experiences. And I was just grateful to be able to go into classrooms that, you know, with, with kids that had such varying disabilities, you know, some literally couldn't walk, some couldn't talk, you know, and other ones, all they had was, you know, severe home life that really impacted their ability to not only read and write, which are the two basic elements of education, but just their ability to connect and socialize with other human beings. And I think in a world of COVID right now, we're starting to see effects of kids just not being able to communicate effectively. Um, you know, a lot of them can be on their phones. A lot of them for the past year have been on their phones and they're emerged into it and that's it. You know, there's not a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction. There's no one-on-one -on -one communication with peers, which is, we're going to see the effects of that later. But those are just some small things that really got me interested in the education. And, you know, one of the biggest things I got from special education is the idea of the explicit instruction. Um, and that means just teaching pretty much step one all the way through step 2000. You know, whether that be, you know, making cookies, first you got to put X in, then you got to put the sugar in, you got to put the vanilla in and all that kind of stuff and then bake it and do all that. It's the same thing with life. You know, you got to 
you know, we're, we're born, you know, dependent on somebody and we have to grow and learn from their experiences and stuff. So I've just been grateful for all of those opportunities. And as soon as I graduated college, I actually had an opportunity to coach at my old high school. And so I actually initially coached middle school football at the old middle school I went to my junior year in college. Then my senior year, then my super senior year in college, I coached at the high school where I graduated from. And from that experience, it not only gave me, you know, a closure to the passing of my best friend, but it also gave me a realization that, you know, I need to I need to go out and do more. Not in the sense that, you know, I could stay here, you know, and coach here for my whole life, but in the sense is there's more to it in the world. You know, I, I've been very sheltered, to say the least, and in, in like West Lafayette, which I'm very grateful for. But, you know, there's people out there that are struggling. There's people out there that are dealing with poverty. There's people out there that are dealing with, you know, so much more. And I've only had such a little experience with it, not only at Purdue and going to different schools throughout Indiana and the area, but also being able to find myself through reading, whether that be different books, whether that be through meditation, whether that be just having conversations with people. I've learned that there's just, I need to go out and do more. And so I got the great opportunity to go and work at Lafayette Jefferson High School, um, which is in Lafayette, Indiana. So, I mean, it's only 30 minutes away, but at the same time, it's a whole different world. You know, you, you, you have more poverty, you have a lot of diversity, you have all this kind of stuff that's, you know, really what you want in, in an area, but there's just so much going on under the scenes and stuff like that. You, you just get a whole different picture of the world in a sense. And so kind of getting back on the journey of, you know, education, that was my start of education. And I took the job there, coach football, currently coaching baseball at the time, and just really just trying to connect with kids as much as I possibly can. And just not only, you know, impact them in a way that, you know, to be the best that they can at a sport, but just give them a perspective of life, like, you know, just enjoy it, be president. You know, we're not, we don't have to, you know, worry about five years down the road, you know, trying to find a job, you know, just worry about being in high school. Don't worry about getting a D1 scholarship. Don't worry about getting a D2, you know, offer a D3, you know, just, just do it and it will come essentially. And that's kind of, you know, I've, I've provided my story to these guys and that's, that's something that they need to hear is just a perspective of a, of a, of a young male, you know, what they've done and like how they've gotten to this certain point in life. And so finished the football season and then um, a guy named Kyle reached out to me, who's also a part of the CEO organization and actually runs his own um, pretty much just tournament style and, and kind of scout perspective, um, which is CEPSL, uh, Collectively Evolving Platform Sports League. He reached out and said, you know, did you want to possibly run um, C Lafayette? Um, which is, you know, collectively evolving Lafayette and out of the blue in the in December. And I was like, you know what, let's roll with it. You know, why not? You know, he said it's a great opportunity just to, you know, provide a space for kids to play seven on seven football. I was like, why not? It's a great opportunity. And so we dove straight into it. Three weeks later, we had a tryout. Um, and through that tryout, I mean, we kept all the kids that wanted to come and play, 45 kids. We put them on the three teams and then, you know, we just started having practices and then in January, we had our uh, first tournament, uh, which is Balti Fall, that Collectively Evolving actually hosts. Um, and, you know, through that, I think there were, there was all the way from 10U. So there were about 10 10Us, 12U, there were about 10 teams, uh, 14U, there were about like 20. And then you had an 18U, which had about 25 different teams. 
So you're dealing with, I mean, probably total 400 kids on one building for a two day tournament. There's no, there's no atmosphere like that. And so that, that atmosphere just alone just gave me so much, you know, purpose and, and, and feeling that like, wow, this, this really has a potential. And, you know, we brought at that time, we had two teams, 30 kids total. They don't know what they're getting into really because seven on seven is brand new. It's just a brand new concept. And like we discussed earlier, I mean, I, I personally didn't know there was, there was seven on seven football. You know, you think of seven on seven basketball, you have travel baseball and travel basketball. And I never thought that there would be a travel football. And with travel football, I mean, there's just, there's so much that goes into it. First, you have an offense and a defensive set. So there's 14 players that can be playing alone. And then you also have, you know, additional guys because it's just a very exhausting sport that's very high tempo. So it's just, I never thought there would be, you know, you would have the ability to have seven on seven football. And so that's just kind of the journey to say the least of becoming a teacher. Um, and then, you know, seven on seven really just opened the gate up for just so much more. Not only just getting to know kids more, especially talented kids that are really the best in the area, but it also gave me a platform to apply what I think is important in football. You know, and you, you got your position development, you know, for all, all the skills and all that stuff that, you know, everyday drills, basically. You have that aspect of it, but then you also have um, just the seven-on-seven seven competition aspect, which is just getting in the present moment and, and, and competing. And then my opinion, one of the most important things is leadership. Um, and, you know, with the C. Lafayette football team, that's, that's really been, you know, as the regional director, I'm not really coaching anything. I'm really just kind of guiding these kids as like a mentor, um, which is what I really think my purpose in life is, um, is to really just guide kids. And so like with this leadership program, what we've decided to do is we've decided to use the Pyramid of Success by John Wooden. Um, and I'll kind of talk about him a little bit later, but John's Pyramid of Success and Basically, what this pyramid talks about is success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made an effort to do the best of which you're capable. And you can take that any way you want to. But what I take away from that is you're just trying to be the best that you can be. You can't control who's getting D1 scholarships. You can't control that you're 5'6", only 180 80 pounds. You know, you can't control that you're six foot 300 pounds. I mean, there's certain things that you can't control. It's just about doing the best that you can with your body, setting goals and moving forward and reaching those goals. And, you know, being an education teacher, those are just things that I noticed that need to be implemented, not only, you know, in school, but in sports in general, leadership uh, and just developing leaders for not only, you know, the school in large, but also like the community, also like the state, you know, organizations allowing these kids to lead because, you know, in, in six years, you know, when they graduate, we're expecting them to be leaders of big organizations. We're expecting them to do X, Y, and Z. You know, if we have those expectations, where are we meeting those expectations and giving them opportunities? Um, and so I've taken, you know, this opportunity to give these kids another aspect of, you know, humanity, which is, you know, being a part of something bigger than themselves. Because you have the, the student athlete, right? But we just don't get to sometimes recognize them as just 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds you know, that are just doing their best. And we don't give them a really a foundation where they can be their best. And so that's really what I'm all about. That's all what really collectively evolving is about is just getting this kid's opportunity to be their best, you know, whether that be with drills, giving them an opportunity to be their best through leadership, 
you know, whether that be with, you know, daily introductions to like the word of the day um, or whether that be, you know, allowing the kids just to share their story. Um, and that just takes, once again, just trust and it takes time because it's all built on relationships. And so we can talk more about that and like where see Lafayette's going in general and also collectively evolving um, in regards to like that leadership aspect. But just building that community and really just providing a foundations for kids is really the ultimate goal of what motivated me to become an educator, but also motivated me to know, join the uh, collectively evolving organization. It's just providing kids opportunities, you know, and opportunities not that I just didn't get, but opportunities that, that people need to bring to be together. Oh, that that's huge. I mean, the whole community aspect of things, the leadership development, that's that's a big deal. And kids need that more and more, you know, especially in these times in this day and age, you know, leadership is a big time thing. And I think that there's a lot of that oftentimes that's overlooked, it's missing. And mm. sometimes kids are looking the wrong direction or whatever the case may be, or they just don't have the guidance. And and that's an important thing. I can attest to that. I mean, Growing up, I had some problems in my teenage years that I had to overcome and faced adversity. Uh, my mom, at, at one point in time, we were homeless and you know I got separated from her and then I ended up living with my older brother. So I had to overcome some adversity in those moments. And my brother kind of guided me through a, a lot of things as a teenager, helped me get at least to an adequate level as an adult early on. I still had to take my lumps early on as an adult, but yeah, I mean, kids need good leaders. And and honestly, football is is one of those sports that provides that. And I, I just go back, there's a story I can, you know, talk about here for a second. But when I was in middle school, we didn't, my mom didn't have a car, she was disabled. And when I played middle school football, I had to walk, I don't know how many miles it was, probably like three or four miles, pretty significant when you're practicing. So it's like, August, it's hot, you're practicing. So you got to walk to practice with your helmet and shoulder pads and everything. You, you already got your uniform on, you're wearing your thigh pads and knee pads, you're just sweating it out on your way there. Then you practice for a few hours Then you come back home, you're walking. I actually had a coach who recognized that. I never said anything really to anybody. I didn't want people to know. And there was a couple kids in the neighborhood. I was embarrassed back then. Like I didn't want kids to know that we didn't have a car, right? But there were a couple kids in the neighborhood. Sometimes I'd hitch a ride with, but I didn't want to say anything. You know, it was one of those things. But one of the coaches eventually noticed, like, man, this dude's walking home every day. You know, like what's going on? Even during the season, and you know, after school, it was like, okay, at least I get a ride on the bus to school. Then after school, I go to practice, but I still got to walk home. But yeah, he he was. Uh, you know, at that point, that guy, he's like, I'm going to give this dude a ride home. And so that's, that's not a major thing as a leader, I, I suppose. I mean, but it was a big deal to me at that time. Like, Hey, he recognized it. Even though I was embarrassed, it was like nothing to him. He's like, dude, who cares? I'm going to give you a ride home from practice every day. If you need picked up during the summer, you know, like he, he'd be willing to do that. So leadership is a huge deal. Football in my life, especially at, at that point in my life was a big deal. Everything that you've touched on, it's really amazing. I already so far, our discussion, uh, it, it hits deep and I love what you're saying about, you know, collectively evolving and it's, and its mission. And that kind of leads me into that a little bit. And you, you've pretty much answered a lot of this, but the mission or the why behind collectively evolving uh, Lafayette is clear. You know, you guys want to develop 
uh, youth, you guys want to provide leadership and, and community. Uh, is, is there anything else you want to add to that before we move forward or? Yeah, something just to add with that. Um, w- during our first tryout, we kind of had the, this big, not, not a phrase, but it, it's something that I picked up from a writer named Brianna Brown. Um, and she talks about the idea of being big, which is having boundaries, integrity, and then generosity. And so what we did, what I kind of introduced those, those three kind of words, just focusing on boundaries is you got you to gotta know, you know what's right from wrong, essentially. For example, I mean, you might have a situation that arises where, um, you know, you, you get asked to go to like a party, let's say. Um, and you, you, you know right from wrong that, you know, there's certain things there that you're, you shouldn't be around. There's people that you shouldn't be around um, and there's just conflict, right? So you can either choose that route um, and deal with those conflicts or you can stay home, you know, hang out with your brother or sister or, you know, hang out with friends that are going and playing, you know, seven on seven football, for instance. You know, those are just choices that you can make. Those are the boundaries you have in life. That's your freedom of life is to choose which way you're going to go. And then you have integrity, which is just choosing the right thing every time. You know, if, if we just sit down and relax every single day, the, the choices that are lined up for us are lined up for a reason, right? And the more that we choose to do the wrong thing, you know, let's go to school five minutes late or let's, you know, let's cut this class or let's, um, you know, let's sleep in this class or be on our phone the whole entire time. Every single one of those wrong choices is taking you further off your track that you need to be on, right? You're not being, you're not being the bigger you. You're not being the best that you can be. And then the last one is just being generous. Um, so, you know, you have your, your boundaries of what you need to do. You have your integrity that you need to do it every single day. But then you have the generosity to realize that everybody's doing their best. You know, you, you can be in one situation at one moment. You know, you might have, you know, for instance, you, you were talking about being um, homeless and having to walk pretty much to your practices for football every day. You know, people don't know that and realize that until they actually communicate with you and have that conversation. You know, and they can just assume that, you know, you're you're just trying to, you know, just walk and get an extra workout. Right. Or you can, you know, make a choice just to say, hey, you know, this person's doing their best. You know, they're they're doing X, Y and Z. I want to be I want to talk to that person. And they start to figure you out and learn that, you know, you might be homeless and stuff like that. But just listening and, and, and being open to other people and just being generous is just one of those big, big aspects, in my opinion, and something that I've kind of just preached throughout. Um and then one more, um, and, and you said it earlier, um, just another big one, you know, not just to be your best, but just provide opportunities to build relationships. I mean, we just came out of a pandemic, and I think just being able to have a group of 20, 16, 17, and 18-year-olds in a, in a setting just playing football during their, their off time, during the evenings, is, is just such a great way to communicate not only to recognize, oh my gosh, this guy's awesome, he has great talent, but like to just realize they're kids just like you. You know, even though they might be from the south side of Lafayette or, you know, they might be from the north side, this kid's really awesome. He's just a human being. You know, he's exactly like me. And, and just finding those similarities and differences and being able to, you know, build relationships off of that, in my opinion, is one of the foundations for life um, and something that, you know, you can never take away especially relationships that you build. Um, and then the last one is, you know, just being, just allowing kids to grow, improve and have fun. You know, it's, you know, high school sports is really, you know, it's geared towards winning and stuff like that, which is great. And, you know, having that high school camaraderie, but, you know, CE Lafayette and collectively evolving in general is more geared towards this, 
getting these kids to grow together, improving their skills to, to, to a T and just to have fun and, and, and enjoy the game of football. Um, and, you know, I was speaking earlier about, you know, the tournament that we first went to in January, just that experience alone, that's stuff you won't forget. You know, just as a, a 24-year-old, that's an experience I'll never forget. I mean, just being able to be in a setting with such amazing talent um, in such a small room and just seeing these kids perform at such a high level, it just it, it just makes you extremely grateful, not only to just be able to coach them, but just see them in person and, and have so much fun. That's awesome. I Honestly, too, another aspect to think about the work ethic that it builds, you know, for youth and kids who are playing high school football, you know, nine out of 10 of them, you know, probably aren't going to play beyond that. So it's, it's a matter of them being able to develop, you know, that teamwork quality. I mean, there are things in football that you learn that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Obviously you can take it to the workplace. Um, I know like I have a mindset that's it's built around sports, you know, anywhere that I've worked in my time, I apply those, you know, you know, to the workplace. So the teamwork aspect, the competing and, and just being able to overcome adversity. That's like the biggest thing, you know, that I think football brings because it brings a lot of adversity. You have Mm -hmm. to overcome things. I mean, the truth is always going to, you know, be there on the football field. So you learn, right. You learn how to adapt to situations and things like that. So I think football just, it delivers so many different aspects to a young person's life and sports in general. You can say that about basketball. You can say it about any, you know, any team sport for that matter. And I think that it just adds so many qualities that oftentimes kids miss out on the community of sports, the leadership that you can gain from it, the leaders that you learn from, there's just so much to gain um, when you when you're involved in it. And again, like you're bringing people together. There's friendships um, that you're going to have forever, you know, just by even if you're only competing in the seven on seven and you don't even play high school football for that matter. And you're just there to make friends, build relationships and get better or learn the sport. Uh, there's just so many things. And that's this interview is great for that. I, I love delivering this uh, message to people because. A lot of people don't understand, hey, you know, football is more than just, you know, what you see on TV and all that. It, it, there's just so much more behind the scenes going on that people don't realize. But yeah, I definitely everything you're saying here is just like it. It definitely hits with me. And I love everything that uh, Collectively Evolving is actually doing and what you're doing. And yeah, this is definitely a special thing. So we'll move into a different question here. So I want to and, and I know we're going to segue from, okay, the nine out of 10 kids who don't actually have an opportunity to play at a different level. But what is your take on the overall talent level, not just in football, but overall in the state of Indiana for reference, you know, there are some great athletes from the state of Indiana and excuse me if I'm not naming the majority of them here, but I think Larry Bird pops into my head. The first thing I think about when I think of the state of Indiana, Uh, Bob Greasy, Sean Kemp. I looked up athletes from the state of Indiana, just so you know. So these aren't just off the Larry Bird's really the only one in my mind. Bob Greasy, maybe Sean Kemp. But uh, I do know Rondell Moore. He played in Indiana, but he's by far to me like I don't care what people say. I like I'm reading Twitter the other day. People are like, oh, he measured out at five foot seven. But yeah, dude squats like 600 pounds and runs a four three. And I've seen what he can do. On the field, I'm, you know, I'm sitting at home watching what he can do. And I've watched it over and over again. 
And I go back to that Ohio State game when he was a freshman. And I'm like, man, look at what this guy can do. Like for a while, like when I'm looking at the rankings of receivers, I had him like literally I'm ranking them. I have him like at least top three. I've moved him to four. Man, I question that because I don't I there are some players that are just absolute studs. It doesn't matter like their size, like he's just a different a different being. But enough about Rondell Moore, because I'll talk about Rondell Moore forever. But in terms of the seven on seven camps and things of that nature, how do you judge the talent level in the state of Indiana? Do you see a lot of like college level players in your camps or or so far? Have you had the ability or the opportunity to kind of work with any of those guys in the early stages of what you're doing right now as a director? Or is there a guy you're training with or around you that's training within the camp or preparing maybe even for the NFL draft? Right. And so, I mean, a big name that just comes up is, is Chris Evans, who, who basically built this organization um, in 2007. I um, mean, he just started with a 10U and a 12U. And then this guy is, is just completely just blown up, you know, the seven on seven sports world in Michigan and Indiana. So, I mean, in 2017, he started with a 10U and a 12U. And then within the span of five years, he has built a 10U, 12U, 14U, 15U, and then an 18U team in Michigan. And then he also has one in Indianapolis. And then now, just four months ago, we, we just now created the CE Lafayette. And so he, he's created those three in a span of about five years. And then he recently just started one in Louisville, Kentucky. So he's, he's pretty much just going straight down the Midwest and just getting all this, the talent stuff like that. Um, and, you know, just to think, you know, just, just the opportunity from him to be able to part of this organization is a huge deal. And just personally for me, but, you know, for the kids and stuff like that, to see a guy that, you know, played at Michigan, you know, who had a tremendous year um, a few years back, didn't really get a few reps that he wanted, but he's still pursuing his dream of going to the NFL. And, you know, that's his dream. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to achieve that dream just because of how hard he works and you know, the effort that he puts into everything. And just this, like the selfishness that he has to be able to build an organization, you know, for kids and the youth to just be able to compete. It's just, it's something that you don't think a, a 21 or 22 year old would be doing. You know, and he made this a few years ago when he was uh, 20 years old in college. And to be thinking about, hey, maybe, you know, 10 you guys, 12 you guys need this travel football experience, you know, give them exposure, give them the ability to go out and just like have fun with, you know, guys from their age group. You know, just to have those thoughts and, and as a college student just blows my mind. Um, and he was also, I believe he was actually Mr. Indiana for when he was playing here um, in Indiana, which is a pretty big deal as well. So, you know, that's just an elite talent right there. That's right now he's training for the NFL draft. So he doesn't get to spend a whole lot of time with three organizations that he's basically created. But, you know, once he gets through, you know, that draft process, once he gets through working twice every day, you know, doing workouts in the morning, then doing a workout in the evening and getting to his best, right, getting to his what he wants to be to be able to compete at his dream, um, then he's going to I think he's going to have a huge hand in just not only developing these kids, but just being a, a leader in, in a small community that's really just going to grow, in my opinion, to the nation. And so that's just a little stuff about Chris and what he's been able to do. And that's just, in my opinion, that's just someone that's stuck out recently from Indiana that's kind of grown up to be something special. 
Um, and I can give you other names and stuff like that. Ryan Kerrigan, also from Indiana, playing for the Redskins. Rod Woodson was actually from Fort Wayne, Indiana, played with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the name I mentioned earlier, John Wooden, is also from Indiana. Oh, and you, yeah, know, you, you, you think about these guys, and they're all guys that are just hardworking people, people that are, you know, silent observers that really want to – you know, that, that have these really good manners of just being observers and respecting their game that they were participating in. And, you know, just thinking about Chris Evans, he's, he's the same exact way. You know, he wants to get things done now, but he's observing, like, the whole process and how what, what needs to be done, essentially. And so, you know, those are just some guys today. But, you know, I can give you some names right now. From, so the C Michigan team, I mean, they, they got a guy, Miles um, Rouser, number one safety in Michigan who's playing on their C team. And then they also have uh, Jeremiah Caldwell, um, who, who's actually commit to Kentucky. Um, and he's one of the best linebackers in the state of um, Michigan. And I mean, both of those guys are four stars. And I mean, they're just, their talent level is D1. You know, so just being able to see from that perspective, you know, being a part of C Lafayette, seeing those guys two weekends ago for a C tournament that we were part of, just being able to see those guys who just kind of put in place, you know, as a younger kid, you're, you're a bit humbled that like, wow, that dude's 6'3". He's 260 pounds. He's going to Kentucky. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, six foot, 190 pounds. You know, that guy's a completely different build. That's just kind of the difference between D1 and D2 and, and, and C just kind of gives you that perspective. But, I mean, those were just two completely different types of individuals that you're going to see, you know, probably going to be playing at the, they will be playing at the D1 level. But for Indiana, we have also the Indianapolis team in Lafayette. And so we have um, Taven Jackson, who's a four-star quarterback who plays at Center Grove. And that guy's going to be going, I mean, he's, he's D1, but we, we got to see him compete as well last week um, for the C Stars Indy team. And just being able to see that talent, you're just like, wow. It's just you're able to learn so much, not only, you know, I'm taking the perspective of the players, but like you're seeing these guys compete, you know, how they're carrying themselves. You're seeing how they're interacting with other people, how like they're, they're going through the progressions and stuff like that. Um, we, we have a freshman that's on the uh, a 15 new guy that's on the Lafayette team. And, you know, he's just sitting there looking at him being like, you know, look how easy he throws the ball. Look at, you know, how he takes his steps and stuff like that. It's just with grace and ease. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's just that's a four star quarterback that has mastered his craft. And then there's there's more talent on the indie squad. Um, and some names would be Walt Wallace Stovall Jr., who's from Avon. And I mean, just once again, seeing this kid, I've seen him play twice and he just has the it factor. You know, it's just any ball that's up in the air. You, you think that guy's going to get it every time. You know that if the ball's up in the air. You're hoping that maybe your guy can get up and, and, and touch the ball but the ability for him to high point the ball to be able to then just bring it down. And then with ease, just his hands cradle the ball. Like it's a baby. It's, it's just miraculous. And then another guy's Rondell Mason from Ben Davis, just another elite talent, a, a cornerback. And once again, you can just see it in the way that he moves. He has the confidence that no matter what's going to happen, he's going to be there to make a play. And those are just the it factor guys that I've seen from um, Indy. And then from Lafayette, I'm just blown away by the talent that I never knew was in just the backyard of this area. And I, I've always known that there's been talent in Lafayette, but, you know, bringing the group 40 guys together from, you know, pretty much five schools within the area, you really see that, wow, there's a lot of these guys that have potential and it's, 
not necessarily D1 talent, but it's D2 talent. It's, you know, leadership, drive, it's ethic, it's respect. It's, it's wanting to be their best, essentially. It makes you just see that, you know, these guys have potential for D2. And while a lot of people want to focus on D1 and, and D1 being the answer, you know, there's hundreds of guys now that, you know, have came from Division Two that are going and playing in the league. There's guys also that are playing D2 football that, I mean, you, you notice, but I mean, you don't notice that are getting jobs for, you know, these huge corporations and they're, they're leading these corporations and stuff like that. It's not, you know, it's D2 football is providing people an opportunity to get academics at a higher level while playing a sport that they love. And it yeah. goes with student athlete. But I mean, once again, they're human beings achieving their dreams of playing football in college, which is just something a lot of people don't get to see. You know, and you're talking about nine out of 10 guys, you know, the CE seven on seven, it's, it's really geared towards just increasing those numbers a little bit more, just giving those, especially, you know, local schools within, you know, the state of Indiana, recognizing these kids that are in their backyard that that might not be recognized because, you know, there might just be a D1 talent on one guy's team, but then there's 15 other guys that are possibly D2 or even D3 talent that need that extra respect. So it's very interesting just to see the talent that's there. And, you know, I've only been a part of this seven on seven for four months, but the amount of talent that's there is incredible. And it's highlighted because it is seven on seven. So every play you can expect something that just blows your mind. And as a spectator, as a, a coach, as a regional director, you're just sitting in awe of just like, wow, the game of football has changed, man. I mean, it's completely changed. You know, we're talking about Rondell Moore, 5'7", running a fourth. <laughs> you know, you thought about five or ten years ago, what's that mean? Like, what is what is, what is a 4'3"? You know, that, yeah, that's fast. But, like, now we're getting into the 10-yard shuttle. Now we're getting into, you know, being able to do route running and stuff like that. Those are the little things. And football has turned from having a pulling guard be, you know, the best player on the team to having, you know, to have a pulling tackle being the best player on the team. Now we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, man, now the running back's one of the best football players on the team because if he can get to the outside, who's going to catch him? It's, you know, who maybe it's the slot wide receiver. They're becoming some of the best. The number one wide receivers are just becoming more basketball players. <laughs> just There's just so much room, you know, to put not only talented people, but just people that, you know, when put in a situation, they thrive. And, you know, I think seven on seven football just puts that under a huge level magnified because first off, there's seven guys. Second off, you're passing every single play. And then third, you just get to see a guy with his hands, uh, you know, and it's pretty much the football in his hands, just creating magic. And you really get to see like the potential for somebody in an open field space to be able to pretty much play at a different level than anybody else. So, you know, I kind of that kind of got off your the, no, the no, I, I definitely would not want to try to defend Rondell Moore in seven on seven in space. One hundred percent. To touch on like athletes from the state of Indiana, when you name the names that the big names that pop up, you think of like blue collar style lunch pail guys. They're there, they go to work, they put in their time, and they just build and build their craft. They get better. And to touch on like the Chris Evans conversation, what you just told me. That's awesome. Like to hear somebody, you know, at his age in college with already a full plate, he's investing his time in something, you know, like this in a program like this. And, and you, you pointed out that's a selfless thing. And that is, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, he doesn't have to do these things. He could be living the normal 
college kid life every single day. And and to touch on like the NFL draft, that that's huge, man. Like NFL teams and GMs are going to look at something like that and they're going to be like, wow, this guy is like 100% bought in on the game of football. That's the guy I want. So that's why, you know, I'm big on, on Chris Evans myself. You know, you watch him play and I know he had the issue in uh, 2019 and then you come into this this past season and the starting and stopping of the Big Ten Conference in football kind of bogged things down. He's in a committee backfield at Michigan and things were just not operating fully at Michigan it, it, as it appears, right? He's a special player and I'm going to take a look at every single guy you mentioned from the state of Indiana, by the way, that once we're done here, I'll go back and listen and, and I'm definitely going to look them all up. So it sounds like there's a lot of up and coming talent coming from the state of Indiana. What is your mindset on what you look for in an athlete, for example? Yeah, I would say the number one thing, and you can tell with anybody that you talk to, it's it's in their eyes. I mean, when there's a kid that's on the football field and his eyes are, are focused on being the best on that football field, that's one thing, right, and being able to compete. But, you know, when they're they're having a conversation with a coach, what are their eyes looking at? You know, is it, is, it, is the player looking directly in the coach's eyes? Is he listening? Is he is he giving nods? Is he excited? Is he asking questions? Or is he kind of looking away, looking off into the distance, not really caring what the coach is talking about, right? That's that's just a sign of respect, which is, I mean, a lot of people take for granted in, in, in today's in digital world. You know, it's, it's something that's really not, you know, required a lot of the time. But it, it just shows that you're listening and you're intent with it. Um, and also, like, how, you know, how do the teammates respond to them? You know, how does the player, you know, interact with teammates with his eyes? Like, is the teammate, you know, interacting with them and actually having conversations with them? Or is he once again just turning off to the side, looking at other people, you know, and just kind of taking them as like a, a, a side? Um, those are just like, those are one, two things that I really think about with the eyes. It just, you know, where's the intention of the player? You know, is his intention, you know, hanging out with his friends and building relationships with his teammates? Is his intention listening to coach and being the best that he can be? Or is his intention, you know, beyond that? Is it just, you know, impressing other people? Is it just looking good on the field? Or is it just getting that coveted D1? You know, it, it, and the thing is, you know, there's, there's such a fine line between that. You know, you really can't see that unless you know and understand the person. And I think the quickest way to do that is with the eyes. Um, and then the second way is just, talking to them and having a conversation and realizing where their heart is at. You know, if their heart's going to, you know, if, if they're giving up on their teammates and stuff in the fourth quarter, you know, that's, that's a huge note. You know, if they're, if they're complaining when things aren't going to their way, there's another note. And, you know, and the third one is, you know, are they, are they just giving up and just being individual? Are they the ones that are asking for the ball constantly? Are they blaming other people? Those are just the eyes and the heart are really, you know, that set the intention, you know, where does this kid want to go? You know, with Chris Evans, um, for example, um, that the head coach at uh, Lafayette, Jeff, coached him. He would always talk about how determined Chris was. Chris was just determined every single day to show up to be the best on the practice field, seem to be a leader of action, and to just go out there and, and, and go full force. And, you know, you could see that his intention was to go to the next level, and not just selfishly, but it was go there and do something. And then in college, you know, ironically enough, his tension is way more than football. It's not just playing football. It's, it's providing a space for people to play football, people for them to be their best. Those are special kind of people that, you know, I look for and want to be a part of. You know, then, you you know, if you see those two, in my opinion, the third step is to, you know, find that 
you know, the, the raw, you know, physical features. You know, if the kid's built and he has size and all that, there you go. I mean, those are just telltale signs. And, you know, that can mean you have the it factor. But personally, I think the eyes and the heart are just the two biggest things. And then, you know, the last one is, is just the action on the football field. You know, how do they represent themselves? As soon as you're watching the kid, when you're, when you're watching him, and he, you know, the, he's the only one that you're watching, what is he doing? You know, this, does he have a first step that is crazy? Like, I mean, is his first step blowing the corner off the line? Or is his first step a little slow? You know, second thing I would be looking at is, all right, how does he do when he's under pressure? What if he's locked up in man coverage? What is he going to do to get out of the way? Just those little things and details. What does he do on the football field? You know, and then the last one is, you know, when when's the ball up in the air? Do you do you feel like he's going to get it? And if you feel like he's going to get it, then that's the it factor play right there. You you talk to him before the football game. You see where their heart and their eyes are at and all that. Then you feel during the game, wow, that kid is something special. I want that person on my team. You know, that's those those are the kids that you that you really want because they're not only. You know, in my opinion, the biggest thing is to find leaders. You know, if, they, if the kid's not a leader, right? I mean, it, football is an 11-man sport. Seven on seven has seven people. If you have one guy that's taking plays off and not doing his best all the time because he knows he's not getting the ball, you know, there's there's four or five other guys that catch the ball. But at the same exact time, you you, you got to take a step back and, and realize that every single person's working together. And it's just, you're going to get your opportunity when you get it. You just have to be patient. And, and so those are the guys you want, the guys that are that realize that, the guys that understand that it's a team sport and it's not about them. Um, and then guys that just go out there and, and do what they're supposed to do every single time. And they get better at it every single time. And they progress. Those are the guys that you want because, I mean, those are the guys that are going to not only be leaders down the road, but those are guys that, you know, the younger guys are going to look up to and be like, I want to be that guy. And so therefore, you know, especially if you're a high school coach, you're like, there you go. I mean, it's just like that. You just continually build leaders and it, and it, it works like that. And I think you're starting to see that take a little bit more shape in the high school athletics, just slowly and surely. But those are kind of the traits I look for is just, you know, where, where are the kid's eyes, where is his intention at? Where is his heart at? Where is this conversation going? And then lastly, is he taking action on the field? Just kind of those three traits. Definitely. I, you know, football will teach you not to go into something half-hearted, so to speak. So you, you want to bring your full intensity and, and you want to bring it. You got to be focused and head on a swivel, as they say, right? You don't, you don't want to get caught off guard. So yeah, definitely. I love that. I love everything that you've brought to the conversation so far. And, and especially, again, talking about the traits of, of kids and, and young people, you know, this goes back to the conversation and bring up Chris Evans once again. When younger people see him out there and he's a 20 something, and, you know, these high school kids or these younger kids see him out there, like, hey, this guy's playing college football. He's preparing for the NFL draft or he's doing this. He's taking his time out to be a part of this. That's special. And that's a huge leadership quality that I think kids see and, and they, they take that with them forever through life, you know? So, Definitely a big deal. And again, like the, the seven on seven camps and, and, and what you guys are doing, it, it's definitely a special thing. So I do want to kind of go into the conversation, though, a little bit about, you know, the seven on seven and how it actually operates. So mm -hmm. I, I know some people and people that I've talked to recently when I talked to a couple people about this interview, they get confused about how the camps operate. And my big thing is like, do they have to be sanctioned in any way? 
you know, by the high school athletic association or the NCAA, like, what do you, are there hoops to jump through or is it pretty seamless for you guys? Um, so the big hoops are, you know, Indiana, all these, all the States really have differing criteria. And one of the big hoops is just not having six players from the same high school be on the same team. And so what that prevents is just pretty much kids just getting better with their own players. So it, it would pretty much be an off-season workout for pretty much that school. That's what they want to avoid. So the key is just not having more than six guys pretty much on a team. And then another one is we really can't have coaches coaching the players and stuff like that. And so, like, if we had, you know, a varsity coach um, come and coach pretty much those guys, um, then that would kind of be a sanction then just got to have to be aware of those. So those are the kind of things that we kind of dip through with the rules and stuff like that. But beyond that, I mean, it's really, you know, off season, it's, it's, it's separate from the schools. So that's a, that's the pretty much the big thing is you just need to separate the off season football travel team from like the actual school corporation that it's a part of. Cause then you kind of get into, um, you know, battles between, uh, athletic directors and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I can definitely see where some coaches might try to take advantage of that. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, if you got, you know, if you got one of the best talents, you know, in the area, you're like, Oh, we need to get that kid, you know? Right. You, right. You know, and it's once again, just a choice. I mean, do you want, you know, do you want to, you know, pretty much try to steal a kid from a school or do you just, just want to be there and like, you know, be able to see him and be like, wow, and help him out and give him to the next level. I'm a CE, I mean, that's just our intent. Like, we just want people to get not only, you know, get better athletically, but just be able to get better socially, be able to build relationships with these guys. You know, that kid that might be, you know, the best in the area might not have any friends at like his school. You know, he might, you know, that, you know, he might, he might not be able to hang out with people, you know, because he might be having, you know, issues at home and stuff like that. So just offering another space for him to be a part of kids that he's never met. He can be a totally different person, bring those people in and just be able to talk to them. I mean, that's just, in my opinion, that's where it's all at. I mean, it's just building those relationships and stuff like that. But I can, I can, I can kind of go into like, so like there's pretty much, there's two, there's two or three areas which you can go with seven on seven. So you can do like a league type, which is pretty much you have, you know, weekly games. Um, so in April, we're going to start um, collectively, evolving platform sports league so it'd be for the high school and so what we'll do with that is we'll just get pretty much kids from lafayette area our, our ce stars team and then we'll put them into a league that'll actually take place in lafayette um, and schumann stadium so we'll have games every sunday uh, in the evenings and afternoons and then you'll have all these other places that want to register they can register so you can either register you know as a as a as a team that you already have and I mean, I think there's about probably six or seven in Indiana that I can name a little bit off the top of my head. But then you have these other ones that are coming from Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan and all that, just making the trip to go there. And, you know, normally it's you're guaranteed four games no matter what. So you have kind of like a pool play that could be in the mornings and then, you know, a, a, a pretty much an elimination. Um, so that's more of a tournament style. But for a league, you would pretty much just have three weeks. You're playing pretty much everybody on the schedule. And then you go into the last week, single elimination tournament, um, just kind of a playoff. And so those are they're very interesting to say. Um, we actually had one in January for uh, for just kind of a run through 
and it, it, it's just a great experience because you're just getting reps. You know, you have people recording the game. So if you make a play and stuff like that, boom, there's like a highlight tape that you can have. But then on top of that, you're just meeting guys from all over the state. Um, and it, it's just a great opportunity to be able to see all the talent, compare your talent, and then improve from that talent. Because um, the best way for you to improve, in my opinion, is to fail. Um, and, you know, failing against the best guys in the state, elite talent, you know, during the offseason, I don't think there's a better way to improve yourself by being able to compete against the best guys. And so that's why I think seven on seven is another huge opportunity because you're playing against the best. You could be, you know, in the lower uh, class range of, of football and not really see elite talent, but you you might be the best player in 1A football. You know, there's not there's not a whole lot that you can improve upon. And the jump between 5A and 6A here, you know, 5A is about B level, I would say. Then you have 6A that's about A level, just kind of a comparison in size. The big jump that you see, I mean, you see that in CE Stars. I mean, guys that are on our team for Lafayette, we have 3A teams that are a part of us. We have 5A teams, and then we have a 6A team. So all those are filtered. And just the amount of talent that you get to see really gets you not only the perspective that uh, I need to be, we're, we're playing against those guys. I want to play against him and see how I compare to him. You know, and then you can go back and practice and perfect your craft. So with the, the tournaments then, I mean, it's if you got a team, you get to register them. So you can register wherever you want. You know, you can go out of state. I, I mean, I know there's some in Arizona. There's a lot in Florida. You know, those are just the big pipelines, essentially, that have pretty much been running seven-on-seven seven football year-round. So then, you know, Indiana, we, you get to travel. Like in winter, you could potentially travel to Florida and get play seven-on-seven seven tournaments there and stuff like that. So there's just those opportunities. Um, so then once you register – and then you pretty much show up the day. Um, so let's say, for instance, um, last time we had one. Now we'll talk about the next tournament that we're going to in April. Um, so we're going to a tournament for elite football development. So EFD, they invited us to come um, and participate in their tournament. Thankful for free, um, you know, because money's a little tight. It's all nonprofit. So, I mean, we're doing all fundraisers and stuff. It's just pretty much any opportunity you get, we run with it. And so we got the opportunity from them to be able to play. So April 10th, we'll go down there. It's at uh, Lawrence Central. So we'll go down there April 10th. We'll have, you know, they can drive separately and stuff like that for safety reasons. We go there, show up at like 10 o'clock or so. And then we'll have basically three games of pool play. And those will take usually a game last in between about 15 to 20 minutes. So, I mean, you're, you're going back and forth, seven on seven. And the rules with it are a little bit, I mean, they're different, but it gives you it gives you reps. I mean, every 20 seconds, there should be a play going on. But, you know, you show up there, you, you warm up, you get ready, and then you just play three games. And then in the evening time, um, you, you, you'll do like a single elimination tournament. And then the winner is the winner. So, I mean, if you keep winning, the more opportunities you get to play against superior talent, once again, make you improve. Um, and then also you have, you know, that opportunity to have a play that just blows everybody away. And then that you can apply on Twitter and stuff like that just to get your name out there and whatnot. That's just kind of how tournaments are. And then once again, I mean, it's pretty much the same with um, uh, leagues where you, you pretty much just have a group, you play, and then you just have like a single elimination towards like the end. It just varies for the you know different types of league. And so the one that we're doing, it's just going to be four weeks, three weeks. You know, we'll have three games, you know, 20-minute games, constantly playing. And then, you know, the last week we'll have just a single elimination. And just once again, just a great opportunity to get competition, great opportunity to perform under pressure 
and just get stuff that you wouldn't normally get planned in off season for your your high school and stuff like that because at this point in March I believe for Indiana you really can't have like schools can't be running organized events and then once you get into April I think you can only have like two type of events where you can all get together and play like football or something like that so once again the seven on seven just provides you that opportunity to go out there in an organized you know venue go out and play in these tournaments and stuff that are organized that have you know check-in tents that have you know pretty much a schedule for when you're going to be playing and then you know they tell you you know you can stay in a hotel for the weekend if you want or you can you know just make the trek there and back so i mean once again it's just more opportunities for kids to be able to be leaders you know off the field you know are they doing the things that they need to be to be able to play their peak performance um and stuff like that and then also one other thing that we kind of do at lafayette is is we do like an academy um and so the academy is really just to get the community together so we have a middle school academy and we'll have this tomorrow for pretty much two hours and then after that we'll have a high school academy and basically what all that is 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 it you know, we get the kids to, to stretch, do like a mindfulness activity where they're doing like yoga and stuff like that. And in my opinion, that's one of the most important things is you got to get right with yourself before you can enter like a competitive area or an arena. You know, if you're if you're worried about what's happening on at home and stuff like that, you won't be able to be present and enjoy what you're doing at the time. Um, so I think mindfulness is a, a key aspect to that. of Just being able to, you know, breathe, enjoy where you're at and enjoy it. Um, and so they do some mindfulness yoga, then they go into, I, I do a short leadership. And then from there, we just do seven on seven, split kids up and just play seven on seven and just give kids opportunities to get reps and just have fun and enjoy the game. You know, we do that for the middle school and high school, and that's just open to all the public. And it's just, you know, it, it's just something that once again, just keeps them out of trouble, but allows them to be with their friends, allows them to play a game that they love, allows them to be outside on the weekends you know, and it gives them something to do just to, you know, just evade the crazy world that we're living in currently with COVID, but just get them away from technology and just be a part of something that's, you know, bigger than themselves. Um, and so hopefully we can extend, extend next year, you know, we can get, you know, a 10U, 12U, 14 and 15U team then from, you know, these academies and be like, you know, if you guys want to play travel football, like, I mean, here's an opportunity and we'll go after it. So those are just kind of like the three kind of events that we do for seven on seven. You know, for us, it's just we do academies. We have our own CE Stars practices um, where we just invite guys, you know, whoever you want to invite, come, we'll play. We'll do seven on seven. We'll have some leadership and we'll just enjoy it. And then you have the academy where I want everybody to come in, everybody to be playing, just have a good time. Um, and then we have, you know, these tournaments and stuff that it's a little bit more serious. Um, and then leagues, once again, that are a little bit more serious, but really just organized, structured events for kids to come out, participate, learn to be leaders. And then on top of that, just compete in a sport that they love. Yeah. I love the the whole travel aspect, you know, getting to, because I mean, you're going to get to face competition from different areas that, I mean, that'll definitely help with development, especially if some of the higher level athletes, especially who get to, or who get that opportunity. So that is really cool. I like that. So this is kind of like, you know, segueing from what you just talked about, but like you, you had mentioned like fund the fundraising aspect and, and what are some of the things that you guys actually do to fund a trip? You know, let's say you have to go out of state or whatever. Right. So with that, I mean, there's just so many different, um, different types of activities that we could do. You know, we could sell, 
uh, laundry detergent, which could be an option. Um, we could be, you know, selling raffle tickets. We could be selling, you know, crew car wash and stuff like that. Yeah. All these different things just to get us a fundraiser that, you know, organizations provide. And so those are just kind of guided um, fundraisers. Um, but I know a CE team in Indy, they actually did a fundraiser with popcorn. Um, <laughs> and then our fundraiser, I mean, it was the basic of all basics. Um, but, you know, we just pretty much did a GoFundMe page where, hey, if you want to feel free to volunteer money, you know, for these kids yeah. to play someone on seven football, that's outstanding. Um, and so, you know, just those opportunities and getting the name out there is one thing, you know, but having a good fundraiser that, you know, provides something is, is something else as well. Um, and once again, I mean, we were part of this for four months and we're always constantly learning. And so providing the money was a, is a difficult stretch, especially for the first year of developing an organization. But now we're kind of getting into the group of it. The community knows about it. Um, so I think moving forward, we'll have kind of a better direction. And so once again, as I said before, failure is the best way to learn. So oh, absolutely. We're learning a lot at the same time, but you know, our, our, our main priority and intention is for these kids to get better. And that's what we're achieving. If somebody wants to actually get involved as a volunteer or a coach, are there any specific like credentials that are needed? If they want to coach, do they have to have credentials or if they just want to volunteer, what do they have to do to be involved? The credentials is, is one aspect of it. I mean, you could be a, a teacher, a coach. I mean, you could really do anything. But I mean, it's, it's once again, just comes down, what's your intent? Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to build the relationships with these kids, get them to where they want to be, give them an opportunity to be their best? Or, you know, are you just doing this just to make money? Are you doing this just to, you know, try to advance your coaching career? Are you doing this to, you know, I, you know, maybe as a jealousy as, you know, you're just trying to compete against your friend on another team. I mean, those are all just different things that you got to consider. Um, and for me personally, I'm just looking for people that believe in the same thing I do, which is just build intentions, you know? So if I'm going at somebody that wants to volunteer or coach or approach someone that I want to, you know, possibly coach, you know, I just, I just ask them, I mean, like, you know, what's your intention? What do you want to do? Um, you know, and the time commitment for this is, you know, it's, it's free, free as you want to go. You know, my approach, especially towards this week. So right now on our staff, we have, you know, two middle school coaches, and then we have about four college guys that play. Some of them play at Wabash. Some of them are actually going to Purdue. And kind of the route I want to go with this is to, you know, have our CE guys collectively evolving, you know, guys. I want them to graduate. Once they graduate, come back and coach, you know, because you're building, you know, once you do that, then you can bring your college experience and be like, you know, here's what I'm learning. You know, here's, here, here's what's happening to me when I'm playing college football. You know, is this right for you? Also, it gives them just like the football knowledge, you know, hey, we're running this at, you know, let's say we got a guy going to St. Francis. He's like, you know, we're running this at St. Francis. You know, let's let's try to do some of this. So it gives the guys an opportunity to come back, give back to their community. And then also at the same time, practice, you know, what their coaches preach and learn the game at a higher rate. So, I, you know, in regards to volunteering and coaching, my opinion, I want younger guys. I want guys that want to influence younger people. I want, I want guys that want to be there, not just to, you know, be there and just compete and, and, and whatnot, but I want guys that just want to get people better. Um, and so those are kind of the, a few things that I'll, I, I look at. Um, and also you can just look on social media and stuff and you can just tell, oh, we probably don't want this guy or, 
then you start calling around, you know, asking other people. And that's kind of how they hired me. They asked a coach in the, the area, they're like, you know, do you have anyone that you might be interested in giving like a position to as like a regional director? And they're like, yep, there's, you know, this Jeep guy. So, I mean, offered me that, you know, on a phone call, you can just tell, you know, is the kid passionate about it? Is he, is he passionate about kids? Is he, or is he just, you know, wanting to win, you know, and, and a simple 10 minute phone call, you can just tell from a person, um, you know, and, and from that phone call, once again, I'm just looking for, you know, are they passionate about kids? Are they passionate about themselves? Or they just a passion about what they want to do in the future, um, and obviously the future are the kids. So you know, w- what better way to invest your time than in the youth? Um, so those are just kind of things I just kind of look for in individuals. Um, and right now, you know, for C Lafayette, I'm looking for who are, who are the guys I can ask to come back and coach. You know, even though some of them might be going to Wabash. Actually, we just had one guy commit to Wabash um, about a week ago. And I think he'll be a great guy to come in, help coach quarterbacks. You know, another guy going to St. Francis a little bit farther away than Wabash, but he'd be a great guy to come and be a defensive coordinator, you know, for us, for CE. What that does is, I mean, it just gets them volunteering experience, but it gets them to be like, wow, impacting and helping out kids is, is, is worthwhile. Like, I'd rather spend my time doing this than, you know, spending all my day doing what a college kid would do on a Saturday and stuff like that. So just having these college guys come in and, help out just not only gives me, you know, I'm very grateful for it, but it gives these kids a perspective. Like these kids are taking time out of their day to come and help us. Like that's outstanding. So just once again, just looking for people that want to do more than just what they want to do in a day. You know, they want to do more and help other people. That's the people that we're looking for in CE Lafayette. You're building a great culture Mm -hmm. is what you're doing. And that's so important. I think every organization, business or corporate entities for for that matter, they all need to build a strong culture and and cultivate that over time because you're somewhat building a brand at Collectively Evolving that you want people to see it as that community aspect or that, or, you know, it's something that provides community. It provides a leadership aspect. And I think that parents and and people or coaches for that matter, who have kids who they want to compete in the off season or, or they want to get them involved in off season programs like this. I think that that's a big thing they should look at is what you guys are doing from that aspect of things. So, I mean, I'm blown away by absolutely everything that you've, you've talked about today and, and you've definitely shined a light on some things that I didn't really even understand. And and I have a far better understanding now. So I am very appreciative of that. And and I know you did talk about some events uh, coming up. Do you want to touch on what the next big thing is again, real quick? Yeah, definitely. So our goal is to just provide a tournament every month. Um, And so this past month, I mean, March, we had a, a ball to you fall tournament, which is pretty much provided by collectively evolving. Um, and so that was held outside. We played against pretty much 20 other teams in an 18U setting. And before that, they somehow fit 15U as well as, you know, 14U um, and 12U. Somehow they fit all of that into a weekend. Um, so just th- th- that was a past event. But the next event that we're going to do, it's called like the Easy Work Invitation. Um, this is um, elite football development. Uh, they're also EFD. Um, that will be April 10th. Um, and once again, it's just kind of another seven on seven organization. Um, and, and some of them are out in Kentucky. They, they have a wider uh, branch down south. So just once again, another 
awesome program and organization that is really gearing towards providing the best opportunities for kids. And so, you know, they, once again, I said they provided that opportunity for free. So we'll be participating in that. Um, and then starting here in April, um, every Sunday in the evenings um, at Schumann Stadium in Lafayette, Indiana, we'll be having um, pretty much a league, um, uh, which is collectively evolving platform sports league. Um, and that's ran by Kyle Smith. And he'll kind of be, he, he's pretty much the head guy on that. He'll take control of it. And, they'll, you know, there'll be interviews for kids. There'll be um, uh, highlight tapes for kids and stuff like that, profiles and whatnot, you know, where he can go online and be like, oh, this is a, a league that's legit. I mean, there's actually rosters. There's actually kid stats and stuff like that, which is just blows me away because then you can, you know, yeah, it's seven-on-seven seven football. It, but it's treating it like an actual on-seat, like it's actually the season and it's giving the kids, you know, an opportunity to see and like compare themselves. But at the same exact time, it's, it's getting them to felt like they're recognized and they're appreciated and like they're getting the opportunities that they need to be successful. So we'll have that league going through pretty much May every Sunday, providing a stage for kids to, to perform and get extra practice in essentially. And then in May 15th, so we'll have April, May, um, and then we'll have Elite Indiana. Elite Sevens even is the organization that runs like kind of a lot of the tournaments um, in Indiana and really kind of uh, um, in the Midwest. So they help run a lot of tournaments, and they're offering this tournament. And um, just once again, no one would be in Columbus, Indiana, May 15th. So it would just be another great opportunity to play against really not only elite talent in Indiana, but pretty much the best talent in Indiana at that time as summer will be kicking off. So you won't have baseball players and it'll pretty much kind of be football season at that point. So just more opportunities for kids to go out and just play. So. No, I love it. Yeah. And this has been an honor having this discussion with you today. You know, thank you for your time. And I know that I can tell that you're 100% committed to this organization and, and it's definitely something that I can see continuing to grow, especially outside of the state of Indiana, I can see this thing going a lot further, just based on what you're, you're really trying to do in terms of building a culture and, and that positive environment. I love it. I mean, this is, this is really cool. And I think that for me, like doing this podcast with you, it's going to be something that I think that I'm going to try to spread around. And I want people, you know, I want people to understand and, and gain better insights on what it is you guys offer, not just you guys, but just around the country. I mean, you brought yep. up the connections that you guys have with teams in other states or, or programs in other states. I think that's really special. I think it's cool. And yeah, it's an honor having this conversation with you today. So again, I want to say thanks. And you know, to our listener base, be on the lookout for more After Further Review special edition interview content. Also, please follow Collectively Evolving Lafayette on Twitter. That's at CE underscore Lafayette 12. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Football Scout 365 and on Twitter. And last but not least, you can find us on YouTube. Just search Football Scout 365. Once again, I want to say thank you for listening. <laughs>